What is up, people? You are listening to New Generation Hero Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart. And yes, indeed, I am back. I am so excited to talk about all the lovely news happening in the world of superhero movies and TV shows. We got a lot to talk about on today's show. So we'll be talking about a major casting in the DCU. We have our Supergirl that's been official announced by James Gunn himself. So we'll have an update on that. We'll have a lot more from James Gunn as he gave us an update on where some other DCU projects lie. And then interesting comments from a non-MCU director who is saying that Deadpool 3 could save the MCU. And I know we're a little bit behind on this, but uh, we'll all finally all watch Echo. So we'll give you guys a little recap at the end of the show of what we thought about the latest edition of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is the Echo TV series that came out on Disney Plus. So excited to be back. I want to thank you guys so much for rocking with us. I want to thank uh, my guys, Ramari and Kendall, for holding it down. Um, I don't know how much they got. They've told you guys, but I, I, I had COVID uh, to start this new year. And I feel great now. And I feel almost 100%. The unfortunate thing is when I get sick, the thing, the, the first thing that goes is my voice. And I get a cough, and the last thing to leave is the cough. So, uh, it's you know, I was able to function as a person well after you know shortly after I had COVID, but the cough lingered, so it was very hard for me to come back and record a podcast. Of course, if you guys uh, watched me or checked me out on Maggie and Pearl off, that's where I work my day job, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, I'm on there, and I've been on there, but of course, you know, I'm a producer, so I don't have to talk for two hours. You know, I chime in when I can. So, uh, so a lot different than actually hosting a podcast. So I thought maybe I'd be able to come back last week. Still didn't feel that great and feel totally confident in the voice. So wanted to give it another week. I'm glad I did. Cause now I feel pretty much a hundred percent. So I want to thank my guys for holding it down. I want to thank you guys for still listening to the show and uh, away we go in 2024 with another edition of new generation hero talks. So joining me are my co-host starting with Shamari Stewart, Sham, what's happening? How you feeling? What's up? Feeling good, EJ. Glad to have you back. Um, you know, of course, me and Kendall, as you said, you know, held down the fort uh, last week. You know, we made sure to tell the people, uh, even though you were at Royal Rumble, you were not, you know, spreading virus all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well I, I past, yeah, well past the incubation point at that yeah, point. Past that phase, so you were being safe, <laughs> yeah. enjoying yourself. So, um, yeah, man, glad to be on the show. And uh, we got some interesting stuff to talk about, so I'm looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I was not spreading COVID at the Royal Rumble. Um, no, at that point, I was. It's just again for me. It's just it's, it sucks. I don't know what it is. Well, I, I think I gotta know what it is. But um, but yeah, when I get when I get second, that cough goes. It just doesn't leave. It is the second time this happened in the last few years where I have a month where I can't get rid of a cough. And again, if I didn't work any other job, it'd be like no issue. I could just work and just have a cough. But unfortunately, I work jobs and do hobbies where I have to talk. A lot, and that's why that's when it sucks. So, but again, Royal Rumble was a blast, by the way. Such a fun time uh, down at St. Pete. Um, there are some interesting stories about uh, the Royal Rumble that I probably talk about at some point, maybe in the show or next week. But uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. And uh, Kendall, of course, joins me on the show as always. Kendall, what's up? How you feeling? Feeling good. I mean, you know, last week was. Uh... 
it was an interesting show. We had a lot to talk about. Um, and this week we have, uh, as well, a lot to talk about. And one of the bigger things was the, uh, one of the things we mentioned that we were holding off on last week was Echo. Um, something that, you know, I know EJ, you wanted to talk about as well. Yeah. Um, and so we'll be, we'll have a chance to give our thoughts on Echo, which I'm excited about. Um, and obviously we also have an update on some stories that we talked about as well last week. Yeah. So let's get right. Let's get right to that. So again, this is new generation hero talk. Of course you can catch, uh, uh, this podcast along with the other podcasts on the new generation podcast network. That's where you'll find us. You can find that wherever you get your podcast, including uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Apple, or Apple Podcasts now, Spotify, pretty much wherever you can get your podcast, you'll find uh, New Generation uh, Hero Talk and New Generation Podcast Network. So let's begin with the big news that uh, was the confirmation that you will have Millie Alcock, who starred in House HBO's House of Dragons, she was cast as Supergirl in the DCU. So this was an announcement uh, that was confirmed by both uh, James Gunn and Peter Saffron, and they have found their uh, their uh, Carol Danvers. So, uh, 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 so we have uh, well, Carol Danvers rather. We we so we have Millie Alcock. She'll be the new Supergirl. Um, James Gunn talked about how he excited he is to have her. He's called her a really talented young actress again she had uh played uh the main character in the first five episodes of house of dragons there's a time jump in that series which is why she didn't go beyond that but she was uh, uh praised quite heavily for her role in that show um this will be the first live action supergirl we've had since of course melissa Benos, uh who played uh the cara danvers character in the supergirl tv show was uh was uh last playing supergirl so now we have Live action. This will be for the movie Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. I personally would expect that we'll probably see some, probably see something with her. I think in the Superman movie. No, I don't think any of that's been confirmed. But we were talking about post credit scene or some kind of illusion. I would be surprised. Well, yeah, they they said that. I believe. I think they said that she had that she will be in it. Um, Right. Yeah. That they were casting her for this movie. Right. So, so you'll have her in this movie as well. Uh, I tossed it to Sham first. Now that you have Millie Alcock, you Sham, you watch the House of Dragon show, so you are familiar with Millie's work. What do you think of the casting? Uh, that's fantastic casting. Um, she is great in House of the Dragon. I, uh, you know, like I, I presume most other people had never seen anything from her before then, and she was. Uh, she was uh, what definitely was absolutely one of the shining stars to the, um, you know, in the show. And I, I mean, I guess not to spoil it for people, EJ. I know you haven't seen it yet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are two characters, or there are two act, two uh, actresses playing one character. Um, there is a passage of time, and you have two actresses playing one character. Her version of this character, I prefer much more than the other version. And no knock to the other person right. that played the same character. Um, but she was really good. She was really good um, as as uh, as a Rainier, the character that she plays in the show. Yes. So I am uh, very much looking forward to seeing her at Supergirl. She has, has a great um, 
she's great with like with like you know interesting like emotional scenes and stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, and I and I trust you know James Gunn said that he had her screen test. You know, and people even asked him about it, and he said, you know, we screen test her, and and you know I knew about her before then, but she wowed me in the in the test, and we yeah. me and Kendall talked about last week that her and Meg Donnelly were the were were screen testing, and she seemed to appear to have have won it out, won out the position, and um, I would think that it, it's well deserved because she's very talented. So um, I'm de- I definitely think this was a good decision, Kendall. How do you feel about the uh, Alcock casting? Um, look, I mean, we talked about it last week. I, I, I think neither one of those choices would have been either one of those choices would have been fine choices. Um, uh, Alcock gives you somebody that Can you uh, bring up, you'll bring a little bit there. Can you say that one more time? Yeah, no, I mean, this is somebody that um, you know, you can't feel bad about the choice. I mean, Alcock is somebody that is probably a little more high profile uh, than McDonnelly, you know, on the level of having been in sort of a tentpole project already, uh, particularly something that was uh, in the Warner Brothers Discovery umbrella. Um, so it makes sense from that perspective. Um, you know, James Gunn talked about having watched House of Dragon and getting that, uh, whatever they were looking for, um, from that, for that Supergirl character they're looking for, felt like she exemplified a lot of those traits. And so, you know, it's one of those things where I always say casting is a lot like scouting, you know, in sports where it's, you know, you watch and sometimes you watch somebody and you're like, this is exactly what we're looking for. And who knows if, if she's not in that show or if James Gunn doesn't watch that show, who's to say, that she gets this role. So it's very interesting how that played out. But um, I always, I try to trust these studios um, when they make these decisions. Uh, you know, of course there are times where I will just vehemently disagree. Like when Johnny Cage, uh, Carl Urban was cast as Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat. Like I understand it, but I disagree that he he would have been the best person for that spot. But I'm not saying he can't play the role. So I think that there are certain there are certain situations where I will say I don't agree with this casting, but you know, this is one where um I have I haven't necessarily seen Millie Alcock in anything. Um so I just have to take their word for it. But like I said in our show last week, Supergirl is not a character that I think no one can play, uh, or that's a very particular type. I think there we've seen multiple different versions of Supergirl and multiple different ar- archetypes. I mean, Sasha Kaye was nothing like Melissa Benoist, but it was fine. Um, it really depends on what kind of Supergirl they're going for, and that is something that we can't really answer right now. But um, depending on that, I'm sure she'll she'll fit, she'll fit the bill. Yeah, I mean, I feel like now, I, I, you know, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, but then I, I did not watch House of Dragons, and part of that was because I, I really hated how Game of thrones finale ended and i was like i can't do another game and throw show right now i gotta i need to cleanse that palate and just kind of walk away for a little bit before i go back in which now was unfortunate because i wish i would have watched so i could have seen millie's performance now like i said i've seen plenty of folks talking about how great millie was and i think the casting is interesting because this supergirl that we're going to get in this movie 
and what we'll probably see in Superman if, when when she does appear is going to be very different from the Melissa Minos, uh Supergirl that we saw in that show, Supergirl. Um, and that fact, that is apparently, according to the reporting, one of the things that you know really Gunn is really looking for. He wants uh, to really separate this depiction of Supergirl from that version. Um, and in doing that by adopting Tom King's Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow story, which is a much more uh, edgy, rugged story. And Alcock's character in, in the Host of Dragons, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sham, that was a, a much more, she had a kind of a, kind of a scrappy kind of edge to that character. Am I wrong on that show? That's, that's what I feel like I've, I've read, which is part of why Gunn was interested yep. in her in the first place. He said that he watched House of Dragon, House of the Dragon said, uh, and the quote I'm using here is from him, that she might have the edge, grace, and authenticity we need for this, char- for this character. So uh, I like that in the sense that you're seeing Gunn watch content and say, this person would be great for this because of what they're doing here. And I think it's something we quite haven't really seen from Feige very much recently. It feels more like Feige has been going for names, quite frankly. Like, I feel like he's just been going for names that uh, that would move the needle in certain aspects. And sometimes there would be names and then it would be characters that, you know, we really haven't seen them play that kind of character. I, this feels a little different in terms of Gunn seeing someone in a specific role and saying, I see how this role fits what we're doing with this particular movie. Hence why I want this person. You know, the fact that Millie was his first choice, he says at least, and that then Millie crushed the screen testing also gives me a lot of confidence in Gunn because that's him identifying someone who thinks may be good and then seeing quite quickly as they do a screen test that is a great fit. That shows me he has a great eye for that kind of talent. That shouldn't surprise us, really. We saw his casting for Guardians be pretty much impeccable. Um, I don't think there's any casting in any of those three movies that you would look at and say, oh, man, that cast, that casting didn't make any sense. Like, he nailed the hell out of that. I know, obviously, Kevin Feige, to, of course, deserves a lot of credit for it, too. But I think this is a good sign that the person that he had eyed from the beginning, he says, was so strong in their in their screen testing, shows me that he knows what he's doing in terms of casting these very, very important roles. And this is going to be a very important movie. I think that... This movie is going to be interesting because while I think Gunn is going to do a great job of giving a lot of what we want from the DC universe, you know, we're not trying to, uh, you know, create new versions of things and, and, and try to, you know, there, it feels like Gunn is trying, going to try to be as true and honest to these comic book characters as he possibly can. Uh, with that being said, the Supergirl Winner Tomorrow story is kind of groundbreaking in how, how how it prevent presents that Karazoro character, um, because it is so much more grounded than a lot of the more Supergirl show uh, movie. Or excuse me, uh, content you see, it is more mature than the Supergirl stuff you see. So uh, I, I think that this is going to be important. Like they they can't this this thing in theory could be one of the missteps early, um, if not done correctly. So this is an extremely important important casting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I have a lot of faith in in James Gunn and in his process. And I feel like that's something that we we've, we've kind of just been echoing for several months, and 
you know, but but I just have a good feeling about it. I liked I've liked um, all of his movies, um, even Brightburn, which which I think was that was a little more off the beaten path, even though that was kind of a Superman story, a horror version. But um, but but I've liked all of his movies. I've liked all of his casting decisions. Um, and, and he just seems to be, he just seems to be taking, uh, just making good decisions, at least from, from what I can see. Um, but he's also not being formulated. He's being very ambitious in including so many characters in this Superman movie in, um, you know, being as transparent as he, as he has been. I think that's the right thing to do considering how, uh, divisive the last uh, DC universe was. Um, So I think I I would be shocked if this casting came back to bite him in any kind of way. And Millie Alcock is is just, she did so well in house of the dragon. And I agree. And you're right, EJ, she was playing. She was playing a character that I think I like, I saw that and I could definitely see that person like embodying like a Kara, um, a Kara type character. So, um, so yeah, I I am just I think this is just a good decision. I'm I am I have nothing but good things to say about this. And I'm excited to see what, what how she factors in the Superman movie. I mean, the Superman movie I don't want to say it's bloated. I mean, we're excited for a lot of I, I am very excited for a lot of characters that are in there, but I mean, you are talking about Hawk Girl, you are talking about, you know, Guy Gardner, you are talking about Supergirl, mm-hmm. Mr. Terrific. I mean, we we don't know quite yet who the villain is. I think there's a thought that it's Brainiac, but we don't know for sure. Like, there's a lot of a lot of folks in this, and I, I think that you know how these characters kind of carve out their own lanes and how they're able to kind of like make their own imprint on the movie would be important. But you don't want them to obviously take away from Superman. Kara though is going to be the one. That's probably maybe the most important of excuse me of these other characters that will be kind of playing supporting roles and making appearances. Because we know that that relationship, that bond between her and and and, and Kal El is just is like you know that's going to be here for as long as the DCU is here. So this, in some ways, is I don't say as important as like Spider Man for the MCU, but it's in that same lane where this is going to be a young actress. You know, Millie's twenty three, uh, and the story that they're telling, you know the. The, man, the woman of tomorrow's story is, you know, Kara celebrating her 21st birthday. So, again, this is a character that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, you, you can't screw this up. <laughs> like, this is one that, you know, you got to get right. There is no quick fix if you screw up, you know, the cousin of of of, uh, of Superman who's going to be in Superman movies and then have their own franchise. Like, this one you can't screw up. So, uh, I'm very excited to see what happens with Millie. Now I'm excited to, to watch the House of Dragon. Now I will be watching House of Dragon. We'll probably... Uh, you know, shoot up the the list of shows that are on a long list of things that I haven't uh, I haven't checked out yet. Can I, any last thoughts on this before we move on? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think you know, look, we talked about it last week the 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 bloatedness of the movie. I'm I have that same concerns because, uh, like you said, there's a lot of characters in this movie, but yeah, she's she's right up there uh, as some of the more important castings that they've had. Um, and I mean, look, this Supergirl character is one that has not been fully unlocked by DC, and that's dangerous because, uh, dangerous if you're Marvel, uh, and you're looking at DC as a competitor because, 
obviously I think one of the big areas where Marvel has sort of struggled has been their their female led superhero movies. And obviously Captain Marvel made a lot of money. I believe made a billion dollars, so they didn't have a problem with that. But um if that is a narrative that continues and DC is able to come out with this movie and it is great, this has a chance to be bigger than what you know Captain Marvel was for DC and what Black Widow or what was for Marvel and what Captain what Black Widow was for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um so that you know, not to like play into these narratives and whatnot and, and you know I'm I Marvel's not thinking about DC in that light, but you know, is there you know, and there's room for all of these movies obviously, but if we are looking at this in, on a competitive landscape, um this is one of the areas where DC has left a lot of quote unquote meat on the bone and has not necessarily tapped into all of the potential of this character uh as as a as a face of your company. You know, because again, if this is big, um this is a character that could even be bigger than Wonder Woman, which is uh, might sound yeah. controversial, but you know, depending on the demographic that you hit uh, and who you cast and how they, how likable they are, this could be this could be an A lister. Yeah, that S on the chest means a lot. That S on the chest comes with a lot uh, in terms of marketing, in terms of just absolutely just attention. Like it's, it, it means a lot. As iconic as Wonder Woman is, I agree that this has the potential to be even bigger. I'm not saying it will be or that it should be. I'm just saying it has that potential. And to me, like Kendall makes a good point. Like to me, this is DC's Miss Marvel, and they're doing this on a much larger scale. You know, Miss Marvel. Had you know a TV show and then was a supporting character in a sequel for the Captain Marvel movie. To be fair, you know they they amended the title so they made her more closer to an equal. But you know they you know Marvel they don't they don't have the young female character movie. They don't have that. Like again, they made Miss Marvel a TV show. And look, maybe to Bob Iger, I don't know if he would complain about Miss Marvel, but maybe to his credit, he would say, "Look, that's something that should have been a movie." Like, uh, you know, that, that is something that Marvel doesn't have. They have done a bunch of now things with women, again, Black Widow, uh, Captain Marvel. But, you know, this is a different this is a different thing than what we've seen. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm curious how this Supergirl story will will hold on the big screen with wider audiences. I know that I didn't get to read Superwoman, uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, but I love Tom King. And I think it is important that Tom King, remember, he's one of the, he's in the brain trust of, of this James Gunn thing. Him, uh, uh, Christina Hodson, um, a bunch of other people that, you know, all kind of came together to create this first, uh, what, Gods and Monsters, uh, you know, chapter of the DCU. He wrote this book, so he's in the brain, and he's in the brain trust that created this. So I feel good that Feige, oh, excuse me, Feige, is Gunn is going to be is going to have the right kind of mindset in terms of what casting would make sense for the story that they're adopting from Tom King but uh at the same time again it is not what people probably think when they think supergirl are they going to be excited to have supergirl on a red sun planet for 2 hours uh you know again it's a little more it's a little darker of a story that chasing somebody on a murderous rampage like is that something that people want to watch supergirl do like i don't know that's going to be something that 
is going to be important to see how that just plays out. I think it could be great because the, the book is apparently great, but uh, I think that you know this is not. Well, I say this could be their Miss Marvel. The tone of this is going to be nothing like Miss Marvel, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, I want to stay with James Gunn though because he gave us an update beyond just the Supergirl casting this week, and he posted on Instagram uh, where the DCU stands today. So he said, um, and this was uh, literally, I believe, yesterday is one year ago today, Peter Safran and I introduced our DC slate for the first time. Thanks to all you for the support you've given us throughout the year. Today, Superman Legacy is about to start production. Episodes of Creature Commandos are being finished that will release later this year. At least two more projects are gearing up to go in uh, the next couple of months. Amazing scripts keep coming in, and incredible talent are being attached to new projects, planned and unplanned. Thank you. So that was Gunn's update on where DCU stands. And look, when he he had that Gods and Monsters announcement that he did, where he you know he guaranteed that he'd have something by the by the end of the month, and we 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 you know we were like, yo, it's January twenty eighth. Yeah, we have nothing. I mean, he waited till January thirty first to make that announcement, which was you know I don't know if that was trolling or he was really trying to just uh, scratch that thing together to get make sure he had something to say by the time the end of January rolled around. But we did eventually get that slate and just to remind you guys of all the stuff he announced um it was superman legacy the authority the brave and the bold supergirl woman of tomorrow which we talked about a bunch already and swamp thing uh that would be movies and then for television you had creature commandos which he said is almost finished waller lanterns paradise lost booster gold peacemaker season two and matt reeves arkham asylum show so that's where we stand with the gods and monsters slate. Of course, Matt Reeves' show is, uh, well, I guess, no, I guess it would be uh, uh, in the DCU because, right, the show is part of the DCU, but not the Batman, which is confusing. Anyway, um, Kendall, uh, uh, how do you feel one year removed from James Gunn's announcement of gods and monsters and what we've seen since? Uh, are you thumbs up or thumbs down right now the, direct, the trajectory of where the DCU is going? <laughs> I, I mean, right now I'm I'm thumbs up on where they're at. Um, obviously, look, there not everything has been positive, um, and I think that's obviously a, I think a big factor that everybody in Hollywood has dealt with was the strike. You know, yeah, dealing with a writer strike and an actor strike at the same time for you know for three, four, five plus months. Um, is, is is borderline catastrophic for that industry, uh, particularly if you're someone like uh, James Gunn and you're the DC, you're the new DC Studios outfit, um, and you're just starting up. And it's hard to get off the ground because Superman Legacy is, is 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 everything for that studio right now, and they're sort of lucky that they that a date that was so far out to begin with that they're still going to be able to reach it. Um, there's been some concerns about Batman, the Batman two, but uh, we'll see if that reaches its October 2025 date. But uh, but right now, I mean, you know, the, everything is so Superman legacy focused, and that I think maybe if there's any negative or any question marks that I still have about the DCU is okay. Superman legacy sounds great. And we know how important that movie is. We've talked about it 
ad, ad nauseum that none of this works if Superman Legacy is, isn't good. Um, and a lot of this does work if Superman Legacy is great. So that is important, but what is after that? You know, we have a Batman Brave and the Bold movie that we still know nothing about, and conceptually, a lot of people still have problems with it. Um, and again, where else are we going? Uh, we've got these booster, we got stuff like Booster Gold, and you know, we're, we're keeping some of the other stuff that they've made, the the peacemakers of the world. Um, we've got the Wonder Woman, there, the Mascara show coming out. Like we have other stuff that they plan on making. And I'm just again, I'm just curious um, how those things are coming along conceptually. But again, everything is so focused on Superman Legacy that uh, we really don't know at the stage. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, like you said, the focus right now is is Superman Legacy. I mean, that for me, I give I give his slate a thumbs up, EJ. Um, mm-hmm. So far, um, I'm not in any crazy hurry. To me, it still feels like yesterday when he just announced this stuff, or was just him and Peter were just appointed the heads of DC. So I'm right. not. You know, I'm not like, where's my movie? Where's my trailers? Where's my this one? You know, I, I'm I'm fine. Um, you know, I I could definitely see how it can feel reminiscent to to kind of what what you're describing sounds a lot like the other DC where we had you know Blue Beetle and Booster Gold and all these other things announced, which we did eventually get Blue Beetle, but Lobo and it was good, and it was good. That is shot. Batman Beyond. Well, yeah, yeah. We got a lot Nightwing. of other stuff that we're just not getting. You know, so it's <laughs> <Bat> like... Batgirl. <laughs> well, Batgirl, that was it. Well, yeah, Gotham City Cyrus. Yeah, you know. Batgirl was actually made and they just scrapped it. Yeah, they scrapped it, which that was an alarming situation. Um, So, yeah, it's, you know, I can see how it could feel similar. Um, You know, James Gunn doesn't seem like, again, just based on his track record so far um, doesn't seem like someone where he's just, he just like, he's an actual filmmaker. He's not just some like, you know, business, you know, you know, some executive, you know, someone in a suit, like he's an actual, he's a filmmaker. Like he cares about making films, making good films uh, from what I've seen. And from what I see online, he's very communicative. He talks a lot. So if you read his stuff, the things that he says online, you get into quite, you get into his head a lot. You can spend hours reading this stuff. So he's very thoughtful about this stuff. Um, so it's very good. It's very encouraging. You know, um, I mean, we have to see how everything goes, obviously. But but I am definitely giving it a thumbs up. I like his transparency. I like the slate. Um, I like the casting so far. Um, you know, I, I think I wish we had, a, if there was one thing I'd say, I wish we had a little more cohesiveness with the Matt Reeves Batman, like I think that should just be Batman. I would prefer that to whatever he's doing. Well, that's like, what he I don't prefer. want. Remember, remember, that's what he prefer. He he asked Matt Reeves, "Hey, do you want you know? Can we incorporate your Batman into my universe?" And he said, "No." <laughs> and, right. You know, he respected his right. wishes to let him to keep doing the Batman, which is really cool. But uh, that was that was that was what he wanted. Yeah. I mean, I, I part of me wonders like how that conversation went because mm-hmm. because if. If like if James Gunn were to go to Matt Reeves and say you could do whatever you want with your movies, like whatever you want with your movies, 
And we'll just work around that. <laughs> Would Matt Reeves still just say no? Like, I don't know if that's what he said. I, I think that's, that's what he should I don't know said. if that's real. I don't know if that's realistic, though. I mean, you gotta, I, I, say you could do whatever I mean, I mean, you want. I, mean, I and guess. Then, and then, right. I mean, like, I mean, there's, like, I mean, you got to have some, like, basic, like, guardrails, I guess. Like, no Superman. Like, no, like, maybe, like, Superman villains or anything like that. Like, things that right. he, could, he would probably say, like, you can't, like, do this, 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 and this. But within, like, the scope of Batman and, like, his villains and his Rose Gallery, like, go do what you want. You know, like, I, th- I feel like that's not like crazy. And I think he could have made that proposal. I don't know. I get it. I don't know how that conversation. Right. So yeah. I don't know what was said and what was But, you know, I think if there was anything, I think that's the one thing that that's the only thing to me that's like, like I was just about to watch the Batman the other day and it's so good. Um, I'm glad it's on Netflix now for however long it's there. But yeah, it's just uh, it's, on, it's on Max too, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's on Max too, of course. But yeah. but um, it, yeah. So yeah, that's the only, strange, that's the only downside for me. It's strange to look at that movie, and while obviously we know it's getting a sequel, and we know it lives in a world that has gonna have more Batman stuff in it, like wouldn't that movie be so much more fun if we knew that like there was a Superman out there and yep. all this other stuff? Like I think it I always mean, adds to it. To a degree. Now, again, the other Batman yeah. movies back in the day did not have that. The Dark Knight right. did not have that, and they were fine. And that was what the pitch was for the DCU and Batman v Superman, and obviously that didn't work out as well. But I think that's what makes this DCU, DC Studios adventure so uh, special, is that this had the chance to do something that obviously only Marvel Studios has accomplished, but that's a chance to do something that DC, even though they're even with their long, rich history of movie filmmaking, has never done right. It's never done correctly, and um, the Batman feels like a great Batman movie, except for the fact that it it's not in that space. Yeah, I mean, I, the Batman not being a part of the DC <laughs> DCU doesn't bother me nearly as much as maybe you, it does for you guys. Uh, I I don't watch the Batman. I didn't watch the Batman and think that I wish there was Superman showing up. Like I, I didn't. Like that's me. Like I, like I, you know. And maybe it's because I, you know, I watched. I've been watching the Batman oh. animated series and um, and you know, deep, you know the you no know, Beware the Batman. I watched a couple years ago, and like those shows were made with the idea that Superman was going to show up until later. Like, you know, especially with, you know, with the Batman animation series, like, you watch the first season, like, I'm not thinking, oh, I wait, when did Superman show up? Like, I'm just like, yo, these stories are really good, and I enjoy these stories in their landscape. Now, Superman showing up, you know, when they ended up crossing over was fantastic. It was awesome. But, like, I don't think that when I was watching in 1995 as a three-year-old, I wasn't thinking, oh, like, I can't wait till Superman shows up. I just was just watching Batman, and I watched him now, watch those first, you know, that first two seasons, I don't think, oh, man, like, when, okay, let me fast forward to the episode Superman, you know, the, the World's Finest episode comes out. Like, I, I, that's not how I view that. So, that doesn't bother I, me quite I look, as much. I, I, I'd, I'd say look at it this way, like, what if I told you that the Bat- Batman anime series wasn't in the DCAU, and there was a, there was a different Batman in the DCAU that was also fine, but like that Batman wasn't as good as the Batman we had in the DCAU and the Batman the animated series. Like, wouldn't we say to ourselves, 
man, wouldn't it be great if we could have just gotten that Batman as like, like it's almost like a what if situation in that sense. And we don't have to ask that as much with, um, with like obviously Marvel, and we wouldn't have to ask that with the with this the Batman. Like we are like we're going to be comparing these two Batman, and it's going to be annoying, and we're going to have to do it. Um, and if the James Gunn Batman isn't as good, he's just going to be there just so that the DC you uh, has a has a Batman, which is going to be awkward because we're like, man, why can't we just get Matt Reeves? Uh, Matt Reeves is Batman, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, but... yeah, I mean, you create you automatically create comparison by having two of the same thing. It's just right. it's, there's no way, and to we're avoid always going to want the better one. Right you know, I now, mean... luck. If you're lucky, we have two great ones. Like right now, like. Sony, we talked about it a little bit last week, but Sony is in a situation right now where there are there's only one active Spider-Man, but there's three Spider-Man that we just saw in the last like five years, technically. Really four if you count about Morales. Like you can you can really pick and choose. Like if they wanted to make a Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire right now, you can do it and no one's gonna complain because he he's super popular. If you want to make an Andrew Garfield movie, you can make it and no one will complain because he's super popular and think and that applies as well to Miles and Tom Holland. So like, it's not impossible that you can have that DC can make a second Batman that's also great, and we're just like, we'll take either one. Either Batman is great, but this is a unique. You know, this situation, that situation that Spider Man has right now, seems more unique than what we'll what we're gonna wind up getting. Uh, unless, like I, as I've said before, they take that same model that Sony has and they say. We're gonna make Christian Bale Batman. Like if they do that, then yeah, no one's gonna complain or no one's gonna think about right. the idea that Robert Pattinson could have been Batman. We're gonna be like, who cares? We got we got the Dark Knight, or you know, it, that's really the only one that you do that's feasible. But like, or Ben Affleck even, you know, which is probably not feasible. But um, but particularly if you can get Christian Bale, that'd be the only way to wipe out any of those comparisons. Yeah, and I and I get that. Look, I think for for me, um. I'm giving game James Gunn probably two thumbs up, really. I think that there's a lot of buzz, there's a lot of excitement. I mean, we think about just how terrible the DC brand was for a lot of moviegoers in terms of what how people saw it. And now, was that perception unfair? I think it was. Because I think that we saw towards the end, there were a lot better DC movies that were put out than in the beginning. But, you know... As uh, our dad always says, the first thing impression is the lasting impression. And, um, you know, they, they put out, you know, Man Steel was a controversial movie that didn't appeal to a lot of people. A lot of people watched it, but critically and fan reaction was mixed. Um, BVS was a disaster. Justice League was a disaster. So you have all these movies with, you know, that were so polarizing and so frustrating that when DC started to clearly write the ship a little bit with some of these other movies, um, it just was too late. And, and because these movies weren't going to be your tempo movies, this wasn't Batman and, you know, Superman that we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, oh, you know, that uh, Birds of Prey movie was pretty good. Or, oh, that Aquaman movie some people liked. Or, you know, the Suicide Squad, the second go around was better. Like, it's, it, it, you, you were never going to shake the reputation of oh, those DC movies are bad movies. Like that's just what they had. Um, so I feel like gone has changed the narrative just with the excitement and buzz. Like I, there were people were furious when they announced that it was not going to be Henry Cavill as Superman anymore. 
And that feels like a distant memory. I don't know anybody who still cares about that guy not being Superman anymore, given where we are right now. Will I get closer maybe by the time we start to actually see Superman trailers and stuff? Maybe. But it just seems like that's so far in the rearview mirror now. Um, because of, I think, a lot of what Shmari mentioned is that transparency. Like Gunn telling us what he's thinking, where things are headed, what's true and what's not true. Another thing that I think I give him high remarks for. Um, do I look? I don't know. I can't tell you that everything he's going to execute is going to be perfect. Uh, there are some things that I don't. I don't agree with. Like, I don't think that it makes sense to have an older Batman and you have a Superman who's younger. Uh, you know, I don't really quite understand that. Um, I also don't. I I I like Damian Wayne. I don't want to make it sound like I hate Damian Wayne, but like. I think that you could have done Tim Drake. I think you could have done other Robins before you got to Damian Wayne. Um, and I think the one thing I will say too is I think Creature Commandos is going to be the first thing we see most likely. I think they would have been smart to have something a little more familiar be that first thing um, that's animated. I don't know what I would have picked. Now, the Creature Commandos thing could just be awesome. I mean, again, James Gunn is you know, famous, basically, for taking oddball characters and making you care about them. So I'm, I'm sure if there's someone who knows how to do Creature Commandos and make me care about them, it's going to be uh, James Gunn. So I, I want to give him some rope for that. But I do feel like, you know, maybe, okay, if you're starting a new universe, you know, am I going to start with Creature Commandos? Like, you know, we've only seen Weasel and Rick Flag as characters at all in in the um in like the live action you know sequence so these are very and weasel it was like a joke you know so this is like really going off the beaten path in terms of who you're uh bringing into uh the dcu but i like the ambition i like that i feel like gun is doing stuff outside of the you know maybe creature commandos that people actually want like he's giving us a batman and robin movie he's giving us a super super girl movie he's giving us you know, a Booster Gold show, a Lantern show, an Amanda Waller show. We're getting Peacemaker again. Like, I don't I don't feel like he's, like, he's doing his oddball stuff, but still giving us what we want, which I think was some of the stuff Marvel had problems with, was they were doing a lot of, they were doing, in his last few phase, they were doing some oddball stuff, and the stuff that they were doing that was more close to the norm were not done well, or not executed well, like Thor 4. Um, Love and Thunder, where you had a story that was handed to you on a silver platter, and Taika Waititi just went on an ego trip. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm seeing that with Gun yet, which is why right now I'm really excited about the direction. Yeah, I mean, um, I agree. I basically agree with everything you said. I don't have any issues with, um, with anything he's decided either. Um, I, I do agree with some of the things you brought up, like the like the the Robin situation is probably not what I would have picked. But I'm I'm just approaching these things with a very open mind, honestly. Like I very open to. I'm just you know, he's been so tr- transparent and forthcoming with his vision. It's like, look, we've seen so many different visions at this point. Let me just see what he's got. Um, Let me ask I you mean, guys about the Robin question real quick, dude. Yeah. Okay. Would yeah. if 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 it's true that we're getting Dick Grayson in the Batman, how does that affect the decision that to have makes Damian feel, Wayne? That makes you that makes you feel a lot better about them doing Damian Wayne for what it's worth, because we didn't know that mm-hmm. information when they announced right. that. Right. And he, yeah, he may have known that. 
which I'm sure yeah. I, uh, that may have factored yeah, in his yeah, decision yeah, as well. That. Yeah, I mean, that makes me feel um, a lot better about yeah. it because, you know, again, for a lot of us, you know, I say this as a Dick Grayson fans, you know, we're like, what the hell? Like, how how have we not had a live Dick Grayson since, you know, uh, O'Connell, O'Donnell back in, like, the 90s? Like, what are we, like, what are we doing here, you know? <laughs> We can't get a night we can't rob can't get nothing. And I and I know we had obviously Brent Thwaites as, as Robin in the right night yes. in the T V show. But I mean like as a movie, you know, we've had all we had a million Batman movies since then and we can't get any Dick Grayson. And we jumped yeah, 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 and we, we, and we, 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 we jumped with Gordon Levitt. Right. And then we jumped Jason Todd and and Tim Drake to get to Damian Wayne. So so there was some frustration, I think, from that standpoint for people who love Robins. Yeah, not that Damian Wayne is awesome. He is. It's just is a long jump to go from there. And I think also the jump from that for it as well was again, okay, Batman's gonna have a young son. Batman's gotta be a certain age. And if Superman's gonna be young, which I think everybody's said, I don't think anybody wanted an old Superman, you know, does that make sense for them to be peers? You know, you know, Carl excuse me, Clark is, is Bruce's best friend. And and they're you know and and, and it's vice versa you know well maybe Jimmy is Olsen maybe is 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 called as a Clark's best friend but um but for Bruce Clark is his best friend so like does it make sense to have like a you know a forty year old like have his best friend be like some twenty two year old twenty three year old you know like I don't I don't know like that that's that that made it a little weird to me uh, just from that dynamic because if you are creating a universe like these are things you just have to think about so I don't know. They seem so in so such different worlds in terms of where their lives are. That was one thing that I think I had a problem with in terms of that. I yeah. think the Damian Wayne thing I was able to move on from because I think Kendall was right. Like we're getting Dick Grayson in the Batman, but um, but it, but then the age difference between Superman and, and Batman was something I, I'd still I'm interested to see how he makes that work. I can't wait. I mean that is. We we're talking about the biggest thing for DC being that Superman getting the Superman movie right. Right now, honestly, I think the second biggest thing on the on the platter, even bigger than what what was casting Clark Kent, I think is casting Bruce Wayne. Um, because that is a really, really I mean it's always a huge job, no matter who plays it. Um, uh, which made the Ben Affleck thing just again, just a that was just a firecracker. Of a, of a story because you took an A-list guy who <laughs> never who hadn't done Superman movie in, you know, 10, 15 years now playing this, you know, A-list, A-list character. But, um, but it, this opens it up. I mean, the fact that he's going to be playing, this is going to be a, a somewhat older actor. I'm curious how old, because like you said, can't, you can only be but so young. You can't make him, you can't be 25. Probably can't even make him 30. Like, it has to be a guy who's, you know, late 30s at the youngest um early 40s probably better uh if you're, if you're going in that direction um but i mean you know like i mean are you gonna cast somebody that's that's an a-lister i would think so um but like we already have robert pattinson so it's, again it's, it's, there's plenty of people that can play batman i mean it, we said that you know it's not like it's it's not easy uh it's not but there's plenty of actors like one name I've heard thrown out there is Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, if they cast a Jake mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal, like, I mean, you're going to get people to watch it. I don't know, I don't oh, know if it's going to be good or yeah. not. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to get people to watch that movie. So, um, and that's what's so, that's what's going to be so fascinating. And that's why DC just like, that's why they're cool with this. Warner Brothers is cool with this because, like, we're just going to be printing money. Like, we have two Batman. Like, then it's like, 
the problem that Sony has, or it's not really a problem, but like the thing that they were trying to cre- create is this idea we can come out with Spider Man movie, Spider Man movies every year, whether it's Spider Verse or it's Venom or it's an actual Tom Holland movie or it's, it's Madam Web or Cra- Craven, we're having some Spider Man movie every year. Bat- I mean, if you have two Batman running at the same time, like you could have a situation where there are very low, there are very few lapses in time where we don't have some sort of major Batman project coming out. So, um, yeah, and and that won't be that unusual. I mean, we've had multiple Batman on TV and streaming for several years. Um, yes, and in in many different shows, some cameos, some like on a regular basis. So. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not that bad to have multiple Batman, multiple Superman. And I'm glad James Gunn isn't so, you know, he's not, he, he doesn't go crazy over stuff like that. Like, yeah, he, he seemed like yeah. he was going to be super strict, but it seems like he's loosened up in that sense. Yeah. Maybe just yeah, for I, mean, I know, but... I know he got, he kind of got rid of the CW stuff. Uh, but, but in terms of like the movie universe, like he's like, well, you know, it is what it is. So. And that's and I think that's the right approach. I think that's how how he should be um, approaching this. It I, again, just we we we've been talking about James Gunn and what he's doing with you know the DCU for twenty five minutes. It, even even the way we approach some of these decisions is just it's not. And I'm, I'm not saying we're being toxic or being super negative, like as a way of being toxic when we talk about Marvel, but. There's just a feeling that the decisions he's making are in good faith. And therefore, like, we could say, hey, I don't know if I agree with this, but I guess we'll have to see what happens. And then we could also say, hey, like, even though we don't agree with everything, there's a lot of things we like. Like, with Marvel, some of their decisions, it has not felt like it's been in good faith for a lot of these things. And that's why I think we've had so much animosity for a lot of what they've been doing recently. It just feels good to think about a guy who just feels like he really is just trying to, you know, produce the best DC content possible and, you know, and, and to play to his strengths. Again, he, he's playing to his strength. He's not, again, he's not just saying, okay, we're just going to give you only things everybody knows. Like he is doing again, some weird things like creature commandos and the authority, you know, like things that some people never heard of, but like, you still feel like, well, he's still again giving me Batman, and Robin, and Super Superman, and Supergirl, and getting Green Lantern show. Like, it, it just feels like uh, again, like we're getting someone who's trying to not troll the fan, but just give them something that he thinks he could do really well, uh, and and be a, a real good representation of what DC has to offer. But um, I want to shift gears here and talk quickly about uh, an interesting comment I saw from from a guy who's not right now producing a Marvel movie. In fact, he actually, I don't know if you guys saw, he actually pitched doing a DC movie. He actually pitched doing a Henry Cavill Superman Red Sun movie of late. I don't know how real that is. If he's putting it out in the public that he wanted to do this, but Matthew Vaughn, uh, a director that I actually like quite a bit. Um, he says that he has actually seen and heard about pieces of what's going to be in the uh, Wolverine Deadpool movie. And in fact, he, he he said uh, the few snippets I know about Deadpool versus Wolverine or Wolverine versus Deadpool, which is very interesting because is that actually going to be the title of the movie? That's what some people uh, extrapolated from this quote. He said, "I'm sure that argument between Ryan and Hugh is going to, is it's happening as we speak are unbelievable. Uh, that's going to be the jolt. The Marvel universe is about to have a jolt uh, of them, and it's going to bring that body back to life. 
I think Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are about to save the whole Marvel Universe. Those are big words from uh, the Argyle director and, of course, the Kingsman uh, Kingsman director, uh, Matthew Vaughn. Of course, he did X-Men First Class as well. Uh, I think he's right. Um, I think he's right. I think he's right to a certain degree. I think he's right in that it will definitely bring a jolt. I think this movie is going to be gas. Like I, I, I think there's almost zero percent chance that this isn't. I'll go as far as say there's almost zero percent chance this won't be a classic. Like I, I think that this is going to be there's like there's no way that that this isn't great. So he's right about that. So this will definitely be a jolt to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that it needs. My question to you guys though, and why I would pump the brakes a little bit on the, the super excitement for the movie is there's so much that still has to be determined after this movie ends, regardless of how it ends with secret wars hanging out there, whatever the hell's going to happen with that Avengers five movie. That's now, I guess not named Kang dynasty, whether or not we will even have a Kang moving forward. Like, I feel like they could still kind of lose the plot a little bit here, even after a great Deadpool movie. Like, and I say that because we, we literally just saw, uh, and it's a little bit different circumstances because, you know, you have people exiting a franchise where this is, you know, maybe people entering a franchise. But we just saw, you know, Guardians 3 was an absolute banger. You know, it, it's 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 extremely critically acclaimed. It's well-received by fans. I don't think there's anybody who disliked Guardians 3, at least, you know, from a reasonable standpoint, from a reasonable number of people who disliked that movie. And that didn't really change the narrative for Marvel. Um, and there's still a lot of question marks about the future of Marvel, even after Guardians 3. Marvel might be in a situation where I don't know if one movie is going to save it. Now, could it change the narrative? Uh, could it ch- stop the bleeding? Could it change the momentum? 100%. I think that this movie will do that. Save the MCU is the words that Matt Vaughn used. Uh, I think the Sundry a little bit, but I don't know if they it could completely save it. Uh, what do you think, Sham? I don't think I, well, I mean, it, it very much depends. It depends on what this movie actually means for the MCU. This is some kind of Elseworldsy, like, this is not canon or a lot of what happens here. By the end of the movie, it has no lasting effect. And the X-Men that we see are not the X-Men that we're getting. This great Hugh Jackman and this great Wolverine costume you just saw him in, you will not see again, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, then I think it'll be nice. Um, but save the MCU? I don't know. So that that's those are very those are very uh those are very, that's a very big claim. Um and it's crazy that we're at this point where we're we're actually using that kind of language too, talking about saving the MCU. Um, but but yeah, I I have a lot of doubts just because of the nature of Deadpool and the nature of his movies thus far. In that, um, I mean, I'll point to even Deadpool too. I mean, Cable and uh, 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 Colossus and Juggernaut, and those were the best. Cable Colossus is in Juggernaut that I ever saw and that I, that I think we may ever see. I don't I don't know or that we may ever see. I mean, you know, effects will get better, but still, just that mm-hmm. I was blown away by them. I would love it if they were canon. They're not, 
Um, and you know, we know why, but um but it's just I don't know. It depends on how Marvel treats this movie in terms of canon. That's that's so I can't say I believe him. It could be a great movie. It might, you know, um just like you know, No Way Home is a great movie. Um and you know, Marvel can still make great movies, but in terms of saving the MCU, that I think will require consistency and um and you know characters, lasting characters that we know we're going to see again and, and with and who are going to make decisions that are going to have lasting effects on the MCU. Um, you know, and, and this movie, at least so far based on what we know, I don't know if it's going to be that kind of movie. It seems like it's going to be a fun movie, but that we're going to see and then we're just going to move on from it. So, mm. so I don't know. I have my doubts. Mm. So Shamari is doubtful about the ability for this movie to save the MCU sham. Oh, excuse me, Kendall. Uh, what what do you think? What, do you think that Matt Vaughn has a point here that this could bring the jolt that uh, Marvel needs? Um, I think. I mean, look, Joel and saving the universe obviously are two different things, but yeah. I think it, that could definitely bring, like you said, a, a, a jolt. But I don't. I have questions about. What does if this movie does what I think a lot of people a lot of us think it does in terms of doing a good job of playing the nostalgia beats and things of that nature? Um, how does that impact the future of the MCU and how we look at some of those future projects? Because as we saw with Spider Man No Way Home, it did that nostalgia thing great, but it didn't do anything to set up uh, the MCU in any way going forward. that was going to help the, the movies that were coming out down the line. Um, and so that would be, that would be my question. Um, now what I will say is it's, you know, like you said, there were a lot of people that were talking about that title possibly being Wolverine versus Deadpool or Deadpool versus Wolverine. I almost like when I read the, when I, when I read his comments and his quotes, I, the first thing that came to my mind was I wonder if the title has something to do with saving the Marvel universe. Which is uh, funny as well. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, yeah, and that if he means that tongue in cheek. Yeah, um, yeah. Now I don't know if he actually knows the real title of the movie, but um, but that would be you know that would be funny. And, I mean that would be that would be an awesome that would be an awesome title. Right. Like now, <laughs> would they now would they well, like? I can't would they say Kevin, that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Kevin Feige, he was pretty. I mean, we saw how he was with She-Hulk, the finale of She-Hulk. I mean, he was pretty willing to make fun of himself, clearly. Right. right. That might be a step too far. I mean, if he right. has a movie that's made under his umbrella, say that basically, the, like, Deadpool, he's Deadpool so and Wolverine saved the Marvel <laughs> Universe or something like that. Right. Yeah. At the same time, though, I mean, that that kind of self-awareness, I would actually, I'd actually really uh, commend him Applaud, for that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, really applaud it for sure. Um... But, you know, I mean, look, these comments are definitely exciting in terms of, uh, you know, getting you more excited for this Deadpool movie. Um, but, again, it's long-term impact. Uh, I agree with you. That I find It's a very low percentage. I almost see no, no way this movie is terrible or it's bad or it's what whatever we thought these last Marvel movies are. Um, I think the, the nature of it, there is a chance that it's a, sl- it's a little sloppy and... Um, 
it's so tough because we haven't actually seen anything, right? Like I don't know, I don't remember the last time we said about a movie. There's no way this movie's bad, and we hadn't even seen anything. But based off everything we've heard, it just doesn't. I don't really know if I see a pass, and just based off that plus the first two Deadpool movies, I don't know if I see a pass. But the movie isn't great. Um, yeah, we saw the first two Dead movie, Deadpool movies, and then you got you add Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. So right. How how do you right. fail really? Right, and you, you're giving him the giving him the costume yeah. and uh, giving him the cowl, and just like I don't, I again, I don't necessarily again see a path where this isn't great. But um, how how important is this uh, is this first trailer that we assume we're going to get Super Bowl? We, that has not been confirmed. Mm. It's more so speculated. How important? Uh, it's it's is definitely that important. Trailer? It's definitely yeah. important. I mean, I'll be, yeah, I'll be, I'd be, I'd be shocked if it's again not awesome. You know, and maybe it's maybe I'm being like a little, uh, really, really optimistic about this movie. But I again, I just feel like, how do you, how does this movie fail? You get the same, a lot of the same creative team. You know, you know, the fact that Ryan Reynolds has, the fact that he has so much uh oversized influence on the movie. It's such a good thing because you could change directors or change certain people, but you know the movie's gonna still feel the same way because he's a part of it. <laughs> um, he does so he's done so much creating for it. So we we know this movie is gonna be in the same spirit of the other ones. Well, I mean, we, we hope unless Kevin Feige came in and started you know meddling like you know like we saw with DC movies. As long as he's not doing that, then we know what this movie's gonna be. How does that? formula that they created that's already been so foolproof so far fail when you add you drafting i don't you know i don't know how if it does that'd be a quite the spectacular flop from marvel and if they I mean this movie fails and man i i, I just I, I know i always say like i i i don't i reject the whole marvel fan dc fan thing i just think it's stupid uh, i might have to be a dc fan if, oh they can't do a deadpool wolverine movie right then it's because then it's like you're hopeless how how, how what can you do right if you can't do this right? I mean, so, I think yeah, I think the movie will be good. I think I think it it'll probably be really entertaining. I, I'm expecting a very good movie at least. I, I agree with both of you guys, but I mean, I also think just the nature of the movie, like Deadpool, like this movie is going to be, you know, and I'm not even going to say it's a mix. I think it's going to be a comedy. Deadpool, the last first two movies were comedies. They're comedies. They're comedy movies. Deadpool is a comedic character. These are comedy movies. And in terms of saving the MCU, just this type of movie is not going to save the MCU. I just think that's right. You know, again, unless they're making very serious, like canon decisions on like, you know, characters that are going to return, that we know are coming back, that everybody loves, then this is not going to save the MCU. Yeah, it's you're hundred percent right. The nature of the film, it just again, unless it's something we're gonna totally missing or they're gonna surprise us, it's it's not gonna change I don't think it's gonna change much status quo. I'll be honest. Like I, I don't I don't think it will, at least not in a, in a very meaningful way, you know. So there's no way it can really like you said save an MCU because the MCU has a fuck has a functional problem, has a structural problem. And this movie right. is gonna it's going to dance right. around it. And it's going to have fun with that, but it's not going to do anything to structurally change that. So that's not going anywhere. So, yeah, I think you're right. Jamie. I think that 
from that standpoint, it's gonna be very hard for this movie to actually change anything. But but I, don't, it, I are can't we, wait. Are, yeah. And so, if we're saying that this movie again can't quote unquote save the MCU, is there any one movie or one project that can? Or are we saying that because of the, the way Marvel is so messed up right now, like this is something that we have we'll have to see multiple shows and movies before we can say Marvel is quote unquote fixed or they're fine. It's, it's it's a great question. I think yes, I think they have yeah. movies on sleep that can save it. I think Fantastic Four can save it, and I think right. either of those Avenger movies can save it. Like that, like those are the three. But there may be projects that are going to come out in between. Like I don't, I don't think that Thunderbolts can do that. Captain um, America. Captain America is interesting because the Captain America franchise has been so awesome that if they really do add another movie comparable to Civil War, even you know Civil War may be unfair because of all the cameos, but of Winter Soldier, even I mean, maybe. Maybe if it's something if it's that if it's Winter Soldier level, maybe people are like okay, wow, Marvel's really gotten back in this groove. But again, save the MCU though is still that's still a leap that I don't know. I don't know if that movie can do. But yeah, I mean, I would I, say maybe the first three, yeah. maybe 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 Captain America. But that's more of a long shot. Yeah, I I agree with you, EJ. I think those movies you mentioned, um, maybe Captain America as well. Um, it's hard for one movie. I mean, I mean, when when we say save the MCU, I think I would just make that to just mean like there's in, there's engagement again, right? That's, That's probably way of putting it because it's, you, you one, can never one guarantee movie isn't going to put the MCU back to where it was leading into yeah. Endgame or Infinity yeah. War, right? And, one and movie, you you know, yeah, one movie doesn't guarantee that the next movie is going to be good or the next movie is going to be great, but right because it's the consistency is what made the MCU what it is. Right. So one but, movie but, isn't going to do that. But the engagement and the excitement going into these films that is lacking, the the current apathy going away. Right. Um, yeah. Deadpool will help if Deadpool is great and that's a classic and it look, that movie's got a, I mean it's got a realistic shot to to make a billion dollars. Uh, I'd say more than realistic yeah, shot. And so, um, you know, that'll be a great start. Um, but I agree. I think Fantastic Four is probably the first one that you look at and say, um, this movie coming out and being great uh, will definitely lead to some real uh, feelings of, of 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 excitement going forward again. And I can't even say that. It's sad. I can't even say it about something like X-Men 97, like, which we still haven't seen anything from. Like from actually at least anything official from Marvel, which is crazy. But um like that's something that if that comes out and that's great, like it'll kind of just be all right, yeah, but that's an old show, you know. <laughs> so so um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that's how that plays out. Yeah, it definitely will. But we wanna wrap up the show talking about Echo. You know, this is a series that you know came out um what was it, end of December, early January, sometime around there. Um, full five episodes came out. Disney Plus last. Uh, it's the most recent MCU project that we have. I thought this was gas, man. Um, shout out to uh everybody on the team for Echo. Shout out to Kevin Feige. I know we've given him a lot of crap, but Echo really restored that Netflix feeling for me in a way that I just did not expect. Um, we started seeing some of those trailers that started, excuse me, started to make me think, okay, maybe this is going to be a little different than what we've been hearing. 
it, it was stunning to me to hear how how much of a mess this show apparently was behind the scenes and to get the show that we got. First of all, uh, uh, Cox playing uh, Maya Lopez, she was excellent in that role. And I may, of course, mean, you know, Alaco Fox, of course, Charlie Cox uh, shows up in the in the show as well as Daredevil. That scene, um, which I believe is in the first episode, that scene is is awesome. That fight scene, the 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 Cox uh, performance, the Native American, how they inserted Native American uh, representation in a way that I thought was obviously respectful of Native American people, and also really kind of interesting just to, to, to follow as a story. Um, a villain in Wilson Fisk, who I think they they really added the teeth to Wilson Fisk that they needed. So, and I fought you guys on it. I don't think he came off nearly as bad in Hawkeye as you guys think. And it's funny, I'm actually seeing people on social media kind of come around to that point uh, as well. But if you said, hey, I want to, if Wilson Fisk was closer to what I saw on Netflix, this will be the show for you. Um, I think maybe how he gets beat in the end is a little, uh, what's the word? It's a little superhero-y, a little campy, but I mean, you know, we're dealing with supernatural and we haven't, he hasn't really dealt with that. So I, I really have much of an issue with that. And I, I honestly, let, let's save the real drag out knockout fights for Matt Murdoch and Punisher. Like I, I don't need him getting you know boxed up by by echo so i'm actually fine how they kind of like and how they like put him away but uh d'onofrio's performance is just is is awesome i mean very little things i could really complain about this i, I thought this movie i think this show was really fantastic i think it really shot up the rankings of the D- disney plus shows i think wandavision will will still remain the goat for me but this might be two or three i, I think that this is was a really Gary entry for Marvel. And no, it did not save the MCU as we just had a conversation about that. But it did give me some hope that Marvel will start to really figure out what these Disney Plus shows, and particularly anything that's anything related to the, the Netflix stuff, what that has to look like. I feel like we, we got a good sense of what that could be with this. I mean, the tracksuits who came off across as just like bumbling idiots in Hawkeye. I mean, they had way more teeth in this in this uh, in this show. So again, shout out to uh, Marvel. Shout out to the Echo Show. Um, I thought this was really good. Shamari, what'd you think? Um, I thought it was solid. Um, I wouldn't say it was like great. Um, I honestly, I kind of put it in a. For me, it's kind of a, a steady line. I think it's on the same level. I, I put it with Miss Marvel, uh, Hawkeye, which I also enjoyed, but I definitely. For me, it's very much a steady line. I, I thought it was solid. Um, you know, I thought um, I definitely thought the ending with Fisk was better than the first few episodes. Um, really? And I agree. I agree with you. I think this Fisk was very much more of the Fisk I wanted to see, as opposed to the you know the other the other Fisk that we got that was like like, like throwing car doors and stuff. Um. So, so I definitely think. Um, I think this is a step in the right direction in terms of uh, the gritty nature of it. I thought I liked Echo, which I expected to like Echo. I, I liked Echo in, uh, in Hawkeye as well. Um, 
I thought the I thought the story was good. I'd say probably the I think the I guess the weakest element was the supernatural stuff. I feel like they maybe took a little bit too long with explaining it. I think maybe I can see um, yeah, I, I think I you know I I think they could have done that earlier. I don't think they needed to wait so long because it it took up a good amount of time with these like whoa and then it's like it's like that's a raven with the with the psychic visions and stuff and it's like okay like what's happening like they just would just not explain what's happening and it's like okay um but uh but yeah so and, and at times it was a little slow too with some of the like the family and Maya's here and then Maya's there and she's going here and she's going there and this one's like Maya what are you doing here Maya what are you doing here Maya what are you? and it's like okay like you know so I think I think maybe they could have. I don't know. Maybe they could have had like more of them in one location as opposed to her going here and seeing this one and then going to this place and seeing that one. And then, but I, I do agree with you that I think the tracksuits were much better in this than they were in Hawkeye. Way more menacing. Um, you know, just out here, just killing people, hurting people. Like they, <laughs> they were very deadly. Seemed way, it was just, they were just Kingpin and his people were treated way better in this. Definitely. Um, than they I, were I mean, because I mean, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, I mean, it was like, Part of me is like, yo, dude, Wilson Fishman, is he down bad? Like, how are, yeah. these, how are these the guys that he There's can find? There's a bunch of guys in, the, in track suits. Because, yo. You know, they, that are called the track suits. Yeah, which, I mean, you know? I, don't, I don't even mind the name so much, but it was like, yo, in Daredevil, it was like, even his goons were, like, serious. You know, it was like, <laughs> right. damn. Like, like Deadpool, when he was watching, when Deadpool was watching them, it was like, yo, Deadpool's watching, like, some real tough guys, you know. Like, this was so, totally. Like yeah, that's right, Daredevil. Um, and Daredevil, when he was watching these guys, it was like, damn, Daredevil watched these guys. And we saw these guys just murder a whole police force or whatever. Like, you know, like that. This, this yep. was not the case with 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 the what we saw in Hawkeye again, where they were like kind of bumbling and you know they got Kate Bishop trapped and somehow they can't can't keep her locked down. It's just like, how, what the hell are they doing? Like, can't they can't yeah. find better goons in this? But yeah, I think they they treated they treated everything regarding Fisk. I thought was just. And again, I'm not someone who hated the fist stuff from the Hawkeyes. I liked a lot of it actually. And I think he got too much hate for it. But this was a much better treatment of the character for sure. Kendall? Yeah. Yeah. I mean look, that that those last couple of episodes were excellent. Um I you know, I really enjoyed uh Fitz uh, Wilson Fitz's inclusion in the series. Um I think that I, I understand Shamari's I understand Shamari's sentiment where he says that um it, it, it ended maybe stronger uh than in the beginning and I think that a lot of that has to do with the pacing and just and not just the pacing, but I think there's there's I think there's a lot of people that watch this series, not necessarily saying Shamari, but uh there are a lot of people that watch the series that Echo wasn't you know, the primary focus, you know, or, I mean, we said it before that we weren't sure about this series as a concept. Um, and that this, you know, is this a character that we needed to see? And Alakwa Cox did an excellent job. She does a lot of credit, obviously. Um, and, you know, the action was excellent. I agree with you, EJ, that first fight scene with Daredevil was great. Um, the fight scene, in the, def- the fight scene in, the, uh, in, the, in the skating rink. With the, the yes. goons, I mean, also excellent. Yes, um, I think the, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a show that that's that's definitely, 
it definitely brings back the the feeling of Daredevil. You know, I think that this is a show that compared to Hawkeye, which obviously felt Daredevil adjacent, and She Hulk had Matt Murdock in it, and Matt Murdock was in No Way Home. Like none of those prior appearances felt anything like the Netflix series. Um, this one felt like it was in that universe. This was the first time where I was like, oh yeah, like this is the same Kingpin from Daredevil. Um, Mm-hmm. And the, and I think you know what the difference was, Kendall. I think the manipulation, the way right. he was able to manipulate sequences, manipulate scenes, manipulate characters, talking to Maya, whether it be throwback scenes or even current scenes, we did yes. not get see that element in Hawkeye. It was in full force here, and you felt like yeah. you were watching that character from the Netflix series. One hundred percent. Like there were, there were, there were scenes where you're watching and you're listening to this guy. Yeah, this guy's a lunatic. You know, well, yeah, this is how he wasn't. It's how he wasn't Daredevil. Like, yeah, he is a madman. Like that's that's the point. But, um, but yeah, the intensity of those last few episodes because of his his presence was was incredible. Um, I agree. I mean, look, the supernatural stuff not really was not really like I think the perfect fit, but um. But it was fine. I it didn't it didn't hurt the it didn't hurt the series for me. Um I think that this is a show I've always I always say with a lot of these series, like there's a certain ceiling depending on the characters you use and the characters you do. For me personally, um like, you know, something like Eternals or uh you know, just in general characters that I don't look at as A listers or personal favorites almost have to they have to be like incredible you know, masterpieces for me to, to 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 rank them at a certain level. But if we're comparing it to the other Disney Plus series, I'd say it's it's along the lines of somewhere, you know, with, with Moon Knight, it's somewhere with, you know, uh I'm taking, over, I'm taking this over Moon Knight and She Hulk and not even thinking about it. Not even close. Interesting. I mean I liked Moon Knight. They have similar they have similar, you know, things where it, there's sort of certain gaps where it's, it, it's there's a little there's malaise in there. Um, I think this show ended better than Moon Knight did personally, but Moon Knight's um, ending was not great, and yeah. Moon Knight had a had the issue of not letting us see Moon Knight kick the crap out of people. Like, it was right. like oh, Moon Knight's <laughs> about to Moon Knight's about to beat up a hundred guys. Let's make him go to sleep so we can't see any of it. Yeah. Right, and then he wakes up. Here yeah. it was like, oh, you want to see Echo beat up a hundred guys? Here we're gonna show you every gruesome graphic way she does it. Like, right. I, I don't think it's close between these two shows. Yeah, um, just for my action stand. And again, yeah, yeah, and I agree. I think the action in the show is better. And again, I think obviously Wilson Fisk was better than Ethan Hawke's character. But yeah, exactly. I don't, I, think, it's, I, I don't I, think it's close. I mean, that's that's where I go back to like. It's Echo, you know, at the end of the day. Like, this is just a character that, you know. But you didn't watch this and think a, that. But you, didn't wa- but you didn't watch this and think that this is a character I want to see involved in more in, in the other street level type adventures we may see moving forward. Like, we're going to get, obviously, Daredevil. Punisher is in the universe. You know, we talked, we, you know, you guys talked last week about Iron Fist. You know, Kristen Ritter is putting out you know, photos suggesting that maybe she's making a return. Like I, I don't I watched it though. I want to see more of Echo. Like I don't know if I need to see two of Echo. 
I, I didn't feel that way about Moon Knight. No, I'm being honest. Like I think Moon Knight was Moon Knight was cool, but like I, I didn't no, I, I don't I did not I can't say that I was like I cannot wait to see Moon Knight in other stuff. I cannot I, I say see I said more, that. I wanna see I I'd say I want to see more Moon Knight. I, I thought Oscar Isaac did a very good job of Moon Knight. I'm not like dying. I I mean I see what you're saying. Like, I'm not dying to see more Moon Knight, but but again, I'm not necessarily dying to see more Echo. Like I'm fine if they show up, both with both characters, but I'm like you know, and then that, and, and then that's where I think the tiers are. Right, that's why I put I put Hawkeye and Miss Marvel, and then like the WandaVision, Captain America, Falcon, Winter Soldier shows. It's probably like my top tier, so to speak, uh, and Loki, obviously. But um, I'd say it's it's on that next that's that that next tier, and then Secret Invasion somewhere uh, at the bottom, <laughs> oh, <laughs> wherever man, secret, secret, wherever that bottom is. Secret Invasion is <laughs> in the basement. Secret invasions, secret invasions in hell. I mean, yeah that that was that was one of the most pathetic. That might be the most pathetic thing Marvel that season season invasion finale might be the most yes. pathetic thing Marvel has ever done, ever. Yeah, and that's that's I'm, I don't want to include like the Marvel Entertainment like TV television division with uh, Inhumans. Inhumans, because it's, it's on that Inhumans level. It's it's on that level. That at least finale. the finale, not not, yeah, the, not, not, the, whole, not the whole series, not the whole show. Yeah, that, I was that, gonna say. I mean, there are some, there are some good watching humans. <laughs> oh, I don't, that, that, I don't think you want to put yourself through that kind of punishment, Sham. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was just gonna say because just to compare the experiences, because I, I, I was gonna say I didn't think Secret Invasion, like the mo- for the most part, was. It wasn't as like in humans you could tell but within the, like the problem about a couple the episodes. Is, you're like, I can't watch no more. But the problem with the Secret Invasion, you, you are right. The problem with Secret Invasion was the finale cheapens everything before it. Because you yeah, watch yeah. the first four or five episodes thinking, okay, like, there's some really good performances here. They're making some real decisions that I don't like. Like, they're killing off Ben Mendelsohn. They're killing off, you know, Colby Smolders. But, okay, like, there's still some good stuff here. And, like, the story sees me going in stream way. Like, let's there's see how some this crescendo happening. Right. So, so you, you give them a lot of rope. And then you watch the finale, and you're like, this was all BS. I, I like, this is a waste it's of my idea. time. Yeah. I mean, they're you changing know? Super Scroll. Now, look, and you're thinking now look, like, Avengers like, going to show up. Yeah. Like, look, Inhumans is dead on arrival. <laughs> so, like, I, I get it. You watch the first episode, and um, Medusa's getting, you know, getting a, a, getting, you know, a light Caesar, and you're just like, what what the hell is going on? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. it's it's awful. But I'm just saying, though, it's that that finale is is on par. It with, Definitely anything is bad, Marvel Cinematic. The Marvel Studios is done, and when you add entertainment, yeah. okay, maybe maybe in humans right. is the worst of the worst. Maybe it doesn't get lower than that, but then I don't know if there's any other rival for that show. And the fact that Marvel recovered in such a way, in fact, it actually pisses me off because I'm like, that show shouldn't have come out. Like, if that show never came out and Echo was the next thing after Street Hulk, like. Maybe we aren't in this whole big rut about how terrible the right. We would have had Loki and Echo, and right. been like, oh, you know, Marvel's doing their thing, like right, like, okay. slow. But she hopes you know. a little. She was a little. You know, wasn't for everybody. I think she was really good, but it just wasn't for everybody. Um, she wasn't everybody, but Loki was really good. And then now we got you know Echo. Like the fact that we had those two, yeah, She Hulk, which again I thought was great, but a lot of people didn't like. And then you got. Yeah, hey, she. No one likes Secret Invasion. That was just a train wreck. Like, how do you have a show? And I know this is an echo. Like, how do you have a show with Samuel Jackson, Amelia Clark, Ben Mendelsohn, and and it's that bad? How do you Don Cheadle? 
Don Cheadle's mm-hmm. in this show. Like, come on, like what? That's ridiculous. But anyway, um, so but, but so so you guys aren't as excited about seeing Echo moving forward after seeing this uh seeing this series. I am. Again, I want to see her. I'm looking forward to uh, it. you know. I want to see her tangle with Daredevil again. I want to see her have another rematch with Fisk. Like, I want. I want to see these things. Like, this didn't make me feel like okay. I'm done. Like, yeah, maybe I don't know if I need to see a season two. I don't know if I need to see all that. But uh, but what I want to do, is this a character I want to see? Uh, you know, be a factor in the street level dealings of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Something they're trying to explore. Yes, definitely for me. I mean, I, I mean, I want to see Echo too. But my thing is, I I don't think I just don't think I want to see her more than I want to see like Haley Steinfeld or like you know like Kate Bishop or like Miss Marvel. Or, like it, it's just not more than anybody else to me. It's just about um, which is a credit to them because before Echo was much less than everybody else. So maybe uh, mission accomplished, I guess. But it's not. It, so I mean, it's not bad. I thought Echo was decent. Um, but it's definitely I would say it exceeded my expectations. But it's definitely not like some like top tier, in my opinion. I think it's it's solid, not mm-hmm. in the save the MCU any kind of brain. You know, it, it this isn't Daredevil level. This isn't uh, Luke Cage level. Jessica Jones level. Like it's not on that level. It's you know Marvel Studios. You know Marvel Studios is a good D- Disney Plus series that is solid, but not like. Not making me feel like right. the MCU of old, <laughs> yeah. right? And, 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 and that's know? what I—that's what I—I don't want to—I don't want to knock this show because it's not doing what we talked about Deadpool doing. It's not, of course, it's not, not right, saving right. the MCU. It's not fixing any of Marvel's problems. It's not changing how I view the MCU. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, or necessarily means it's not that it has, there's nothing to enjoy about it. Because again, I, I enjoyed those other shows um, that were a part of some of Marvel's, you know. Uh, whatever you want to call it, um, recent history. But um, but I think that this show, and I agree, I think I'm fine with seeing Echo going forward, and this is a character um, I do want to see more of, and it's a character I want to see more of after Hawkeye. Um, I, I get, I'm, I'm curious where they go, you know, and, and, you know, there was talk about, you know, them trying to do like you know possibly even Spider-Man Four being a street level Avengers movie and obviously we talked about that last week Sony feeling like they have different ideas um, but I am very very interested uh, I mean honestly that that fifth post credit scene is one of my favorite post credit scenes in the recent Marvel in the recent Marvel universe um, do you feel like it was a little bit it's it's executed well but do you feel like it's a little bit it's been spoiled so much that it kind of just took away. Well, from yeah, it. Look, that's the that's the that's the world that we live in. Yeah, the stupid scoopers um, want to tell us everything. Yeah, that the, the scoopers and the leakers. That's, yeah, that's the oh, world well, we live I'm in. I'm glad I, I didn't remember that or, or whatnot because I, I I was. Oh yeah, 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 we had talked. Yeah, we had talked about it on the show. I feel like that. He's gonna run for mayor. He's gonna even be the mayor. Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. The mayor fist storyline was gonna be in Daredevil: Born Again and. Um, it's still executed. <laughs> First of all, shout out, shout out to my guys, uh, uh Pat Kiernan and uh, Errol <laughs> Lewis. You know, I yeah. and, you know I worked at New York One for a long time. Those guys doing a political buzz segment like that. Was, <laughs> they did a great job. You, you, you couldn't get the scoop. <laughs> I look, I'm not there anymore. Yeah, you know, I, look, yeah I, I, look, I, I got the scoop. On, you Burn know, your I, sources. I know. Look, I had I got the scoop. I gave <laughs> you guys the scoop on the Batman. My my reporting on the Batman was a was was ironclad. 
uh, because of the, <laughs> the information I was able to get because of the people that was in that movie. Uh, I did, I did, I did not know that this was happening. I'm not there, so I don't know. I didn't have the relationship, so so I guess my apologies. But but shout out to them; um, they, they were awesome. It's a great scene. That, yeah, it's a great I mean, scene. That, Again, I mean, it, I mean it, it, D'Onofrio is just he, he he's awesome. I don't know how to describe yeah, it. The incredible. guy is just he, he I mean, like I, I tweeted. Yeah, a I don't, I don't want to see another Kingpin. I tweeted a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore of superhero castings. Well, question. He has to be. Nah. I, I don't really like <laughs> I, I don't I'm know how many spots we're getting on this Mount Rushmore. Yeah. But only putting, I'm, like, okay, I, I'm, I'm only putting four and he's in the four. He has to be. <laughs> he's top ten. He's top ten. He for is sure. in the top four. There's no <laughs> I mean, way I, I, you can put someone yeah, ahead of him. I, I, look, I, I look I so look, I I, I I look, I'm gonna just throw it out. You got Downey, you got Hugh Jackman. Yep. yep. Um Ryan yeah, Reynolds, Jackman, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds in a, cra- and he was in a crappy Wolverine X Men Origins. We were like, "This is the perfect Deadpool." And uh, is that D'Onofrio really four? I haven't thought of somebody else, but I don't know if D'Onofrio is my fourth guy. When I, put I mean, my Chris four, Evans when is I, excellent. When I made my, I, mean, I have to see. I have to see. Uh, well, I posted well, my no, four. I, was... I posted my four on Twitter. It had Jackman. It had Downey. It had D'Onofrio, and it had Patrick Stewart. That was my four. Pat that Stewart, was my interesting. Patrick Stewart. Pat Stewart is tough because we got another Professor X that was great. Yeah, I, in yeah, my I mind, agree with that too. I almost like better, which is not necessarily yeah. a knock to Patrick Stewart, but I just love McAvoy. So I, I see what you're saying. He's great, but yeah, not to me. The other, like, uh, to be the other can- list, man. The other candidates to me are uh, are uh, Chadwick. Are Chadwick's great? Wesley are, Snipes is is perfect as a. Oh, I didn't think about Wesley Snipes. Um, that's a good one too. Uh, Kendall mentioned one earlier that's definitely, I think, in that class. But I, I'm, I'm standing on business. I, I'm, Vincent D'Onofrio has to be in your Mount Rushmore. I mean, Christopher Reeve, Superman, as well. Right, that's a throwback. Yeah, that's a throwback. Bale really was great. I mean, throwback. But no, it's not. I mean, look, he's and if we're talking villains, if that's the conversation, so I know you're saying villains. Villains, then villain, there's, there's no then, yeah, then. Yeah, then I, I have no problem because he plays a major, major villain and he plays him so great. I mean, there's, again, I think Magneto, Michael Fassbender is on that list, but other than that, um, I don't know if I'm fighting you on anything else. Um, I think that that, I think that's my favorite post credit scene that we've had in a, in a Disney Plus series. Which I don't have them all in the top I, of my head, but yeah. Even though I felt spoiled, I, I think I would probably still agree with that. I don't know if there are a lot that really that were that memorable. I have to go yeah. through them again. I, I mean, I, I you, know, you had the, the Scarlet Witch one was fine. Um, what was the Scarlet Witch one? You know, she was reading the Dark Hole oh, or reading, something like that. Or she Scarlet Witch reading the Dark Hole. You had uh, Carter, Sharon Carter, oh, Sharon Caller. Like I guess being. The the what deal maker? What was the guy? The power broker. The power broker. Maybe she's the power broker. Yeah, or whatever. Power broker. What, what, um, what was the guy from uh, the, the the blacksmith from, from Punisher? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those stupid names. The blacksmith. The power broker. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be it would be extremely high for me. Now Shamari hasn't seen uh, She Hulk, so I can't say that one. But that one's also oh, pretty yeah. big. Trying to see She Hulk. How are you not seeing She Hulk? Yeah, man. I still got. I still got. <laughs> no, I guess I'm in that category of people that just wasn't like 
wowed by She-Hulk, all the break in the fourth wall and all the kookiness. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, all right. I mean, this is this is fine, but you know, it, I mean, that, it's fun. It's a fun show, but you know, but I guess I gotta watch. I got I gotta finish it. So yeah, you gotta finish She-Hulk. Honestly, that and that one is just one of those things. Like, obviously, eventually, Marvel's going so slow that like. You're not gonna get spoiled anytime soon, probably. Yeah, that's but... part of the reason. I'm just like <laughs> until we get to like you know, you know, World War Hulk or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever the next Hulk yeah, yeah. related thing is. Um, then I just it's just not like you're the priority. But honestly, like I would also say, like obviously, I think you should finish in general. But if you just watch that joint on YouTube, like I don't think you're, you're, you're like I don't think you're gonna be like what the heck? Like I should have watched Spoil, the whole thing. Ruin like, the thing, okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even. Yeah, know I do not even I do not even remember the post credits scene from She Hulk. I mean, I and as to be fair, I don't know if it, I, yeah, I don't know if it is a post credits scene. Might have been the last scene in the show um, involving Hulk. That's all I'll say. Um, oh but, no, it was a post credits scene. I remember that. It was a post credits scene. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that would be the only uh, yeah, yeah, that would be the only other one. But yeah, nothing Loki. I, I wasn't I wasn't crazy with that one. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it, it's controversial. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Uh, it's not like it's not everybody's gonna love it, but yeah, it, it's not boring it's like some of these other ones. No, that definitely had, but not. Yeah, Loki. Uh, I don't even remember what Hawkeye was like. Again, some of these have just been kind of. Oh, um, Moon Knight was actually oh, pretty good. Where they revealed Hawkeye. his other. Oh, he had the uh, other one. The guy shooting his, his other shooter. Yeah, the Moon Knight sniper is very good. Yeah, that that one was actually very good as well. Yeah, the um. Oh, I just thought about Hawkeye was with the Rogers musical. I remember that one. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that that was no, no, no. That that's low yeah. on the list there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Echo Echo is out on Disney Plus. Go check it out. I mean, we all had varying degrees of liking it. We all liked it. I really, really liked it. So definitely not a waste of time. In my opinion. Go check it out uh, if you have Disney Plus. And let us know what you think. You all, of course, tweet us all, you know, on all our social medias. But I think that's going to do it for this edition of New Generation Hero Talks. So I want to thank you guys so much for checking this out. Uh, thank my guys for holding this, holding it down for the weeks I was gone, and, and I'm happy to be back. Uh, of course, if you enjoyed this episode, you can catch all of our episodes on the New Generation Podcast Network. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod. Instagram, New Generation Podcast. And make sure you follow us individually on social media. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, Action EJ. Uh, you can find Shamari on uh, Snapchat and Instagram, MCShan22. And Kendall on Twitter, New Gen Ken. That'll do it for now. Thank you guys so much for checking this out. But Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.